You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 97 of the podcast. It's the Connor McDavid episode uh, with the fellas, Chad Melbourne, Casey Abrams, and myself, Harper Cody. Great to be back with you after releasing uh, the Pepsi Cup, the Road to the Pepsi Cup video on YouTube. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you haven't watched it yet, you can uh, go to our website, boysinthebooth.com. Certainly check it out. Uh, but anyway, guys, uh, how you doing? It feels like it's been a while since we've been able to do this. Yeah, I guess we we had the one off and then uh, we had one minus Harper. So probably feels like a long time for you, but doing good. Harp definitely uh, kept the streak alive of good weekends in a row this weekend. And I am sore today. Um, 18 kilometer paddle on Saturday and then four to five hours of blitz ball on Sunday. My shoulders sore, my back sore, my hammies are sore. Also, five hours of bowling uh, between Friday and Saturday. Holy. (laughs) Action-packed weekend for the kid. Uh, I took it easy this weekend, actually. I kind of just relaxed. I used this long weekend to kind of just regroup and I did my first week of classes at law school right so I was kind of a lot and you know missed out on a bunch of sleep so recovered this weekend and then yesterday I think I played like a hundred plus holes of golf um but it was virtually it was on pga 2k with uh, adam and we were both dummying kids and getting dummied uh we're not great at the game so we're but we we're playing that and we we're having some fun and i was just relaxing so it was good it was all good harper nice to have you back i'm sure it's felt like a while missed you last week but uh you know we've got our host back now so it's wonderful and fitting that this is episode 97 at the Connor mcdavid episode because we are going to be talking about team canada and possibly 97 will be wearing the c on the front that's something that we might be able to talk about later on but why don't we get into it then when you said possibly i thought you were going to say possibly make the roster and uh that would have been that would have been a funny uh joke to to start us off but yeah he him or Sidney crosby i think could wear the c for sure and those are both locks for this team canada team and so there are a lot of them and so we'll start there guys uh the uh projected 2022 canadian uh men's olympic uh, team roster for next february in beijing nhl players will be able to get to go that was announced uh this week which is pretty exciting uh because the last olympics uh, the players weren't able to participate in it so it'll be great to have them involved but yeah there's lots of locks for this canadian team guys it's a powerhouse every single time the uh the olympics come around and we're able to put a team together so besides the obvious ones there's mcdavid crosby nathan mckinnon uh what are some other ones there let's just open up the discussion for that so uh case why don't you start us off with some other locks on this uh canadian team in 2022 in beijing yeah, Harp, definitely happy to have NHL players go. As uh, fun as it is watching guys like Corey Conacher and uh, 
I don't know, any of the other guys who go when the <laughs> NHL players can't. Uh, it's a lot more exciting to watch the best in the world do it. Um, another lock that I have in mind right away is Patrice Bergeron and uh, Mark Stone, two guys that can play two-way and uh, can really help this team out in all uh, aspects of the game. So those are my two locks right away, just thinking off the cuff here and kind of looking at the, the projections. Yeah, I've also got Brad Marchand and Mitch Barner as locks for this team. And is there any debate on, on those ones? What do you guys think? Yeah, Mitch Marner for me. Really? I actually don't think he's a lock on this team. Okay. I, like, I, he's one of the best, but I wouldn't say he's a lock. Okay. I don't either. Yeah. Okay. I don't think so either. I mean, okay, that's maybe the, the first guy that we can talk about, but let's let's continue to flesh it out here. So we've got McDavid, McKinnon, Crosby, uh, Bergeron, Stone, Marchand. Yep. Yeah. Anybody else that we said? That's six right there. That would be your top two lines, give or take, where you want to play the guys. Anybody yeah, else I up mean- front who, who is a definite lock? Well, I would just one guy for me, and I think especially uh, after his performance in the playoffs this season and um, helping the Tampa Bay Lightning win their second cup in two years, I think Braden Point has to be a lock uh, and could be your third line center on this team. So um, adding him into the mix as a lock too, like there are just so many scoring threats on this team up front. Like case, uh, I know you're with me on this one, that point has yeah, got to yeah. be a, a lock on this team. You'd have to be absolutely crazy to not take the most clutch player in the NHL in the last two years and not bring him to the Olympics. So um I've said it multiple times, my favorite player off the devil. So I would be thrilled to see him on the team and I full on expect it. And I, I think he's a lock. And I'm just thinking about other countries out there thinking, yeah, Braden Point is their third line center. Yeah, that's insane. What are we going to do? <laughs> okay, oh so God, that's, I know. that's seven. So that's yep. almost your whole top three lines anybody else like there's a couple names here like i mentioned marner i think there's a really good argument for him again we can get into that um there's also like what about jonathan huberdo is he a guy who might not be playing like might not be in the top 12 because really like if you're going to be a lock if you're going to be considered a lock that's what it is right like you're playing probably top nine like you know so Huberto, is that a guy or is that a guy maybe on the fringe? What do we think about well, that? The, the projection is that he would be playing on the first line with Connor McDavid and uh, Nate McKinnon. Uh, I believe he, he trains with one of them or something like that. There's some sort of connection there, but I, I'd have to agree there. Uh, he's just a guy that's just sneaky, putting up points constantly every single year. And he's such yeah. a good player both ways as well. So I, I, almost certain he's on the team a lock is scary with how many good players there are available in canada but uh, Mm -hmm. i find it interesting that none of us have mentioned a defenseman that's the one scary part about this this team is yeah d is not so not as good as it used to be back in the day you you always had such a preffle of studs back on the back end for Canada, like Drew Doughty in his prime and like Shea Weber and uh, Niedemeyer and like all these guys are just absolute stud workhorses on the back end. And now it's, it's less like that, which uh, I find interesting. Um, 
if you want to keep going with locks, that's fine. But there is one player that's been left off the list that is absolutely blown my mind looking at the back end. If I could uh, mention okay. that. Well, why don't why don't we go through the forwards first, and then defense, and then goalies? How about we do that, and then sure, just to to keep it organized. Yeah. But so we've got eight, seven locks right now because we'll say I don't think we're completely in agreement about Huberto or Marner. Um, so that leaves a bunch of really good players to fill out the the last few forward spots. Like we haven't mentioned uh Ryan O'Reilly. We haven't mentioned Mark Shifley. We haven't mentioned uh Sean Couturier, another really good two way player, just signed a nice ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh John yep. Tavares, Matt Barzell, a lot of good players there that we haven't even talked about. So of all of those guys, like and and Steven Stamkos actually is another one that I don't like I haven't seen him on a lot of projections, which is I mean, come on, Stammer. Like, I know he's not what he used to be, but that guy's sick. So you're kind of noticing that there's a couple of these older guys, not saying that Stammer's old by any means, but guys that used to be locks kind of getting uh, weaned out a little bit. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, Giroux, uh, Jonathan Mm -hmm. Taves, he didn't play last year, but would typically be a lock and would be wearing a letter for sure. So there's a lot of guys like that, like Doughty as well, not like staying away from defense i know but there's a yeah. lot of guys that used to be on on this team locked in and now they're kind of on the the way out um something that you mentioned there uh chad is sean couturier and that's my reason why mitch Marner's not a lock for me because i'd rather have sean couturier playing in my bottom six at the olympics than mitch Marner on the fourth line like I don't. We have so many scoring threats. Why, I don't know if I really am picking Mitch Marner to be a fourth line right winger. I think. I think there's no doubt that Marner plays on the top two lines. Like I just. I just really. So who who isn't what Nate, Nate McKinnon? Not, no, not no, 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 no. It's line? it's probably <laughs> it's probably Huberdeau or bergeron for me who gets moved down if if so if we're looking at the athletics predictions right now the top two lines and i don't even know if they built these based on lines but this is what it is huberto mcdavid mckinnon marshawn crosby bergeron i don't think you split that line up no but i think i mean a guy as valuable as mitch marner and this isn't even like the homer bias like People know, like Leaf fans are pissed at Marner and they hate him. But you, like, you have to realize that he is an extremely valuable player. I mean, top five in points this season, um, so that speaks for itself. Plays both ways, kills penalties, like solid in his own end and offensively. Makes constant mistakes. <sighs> I mean, liability. Yeah, no, neither of those things. I think. Like I, I just don't see a team with Marner not on it, first of all. And I don't see a team with Marner not playing in a scoring role. And so I don't think that puts him on a fourth line in a defensive role, like even though he can't do it. I think he's too valuable and he's he's younger but, and faster than a lot of these he's guys. Valuable, but so is all of the guys on this team. Who yeah. who would you rather have on your team right now if you're gonna build your team like as an Olympic team, an Olympic team, or an NHL team? That's the question. Well, let's say Olympic because it's a bigger ice surface, right? So you need okay. you need younger guys who can skate. Um, are you going to pick Patrice Bergeron 
or Mitch Marner? Patrice Bergeron, the best defensive forward in the entire league. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I, I just, I just don't buy it. I just don't buy that. Yeah. Okay. What, what about <laughs> Huberdo or Mark? You have Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon filling the fricking net for you. <laughs> you gotta, like, you gotta build the team up. To, to, to think about the whole sport not just scoring goals which we're going to have no problem doing with Braden Point Matt Barzell and Brad Marchand and Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon and do you, the list goes on of people who could put the puck in the net do you think Barzell makes the team before Marner does like do you think it, it, do, you, do you see a team without Mitch Marner on it really I see a team with Mitch Marner being the 13th forward maybe I could see that too you know this guy finished fourth in the league in points, right? Yeah, I know that Tyson Berry finished first in the league in defenseman <laughs> points, but I'm not going to take Tyson Berry on this team. Yeah, I mean, obviously points aren't everything, and we understand that better than a lot of people do. So that's not the argument I'm trying to make. But, I mean, fair enough. Like, if I'm not going to win this argument, I'm not going to win it. But personally, I just think that Marner is probably he's – at, he's at least the ninth best forward on the team. In, in in my opinion. Oh, that is over, definitely your opinion. <laughs> overall value. I think Mitch Marner is the second best winger in the league. Maybe the best winger in the league. Like we, we had an episode about that a while ago. Harper and I did. And I put him and Bergeron right up there. And Mark Stone as well. So, I mean, fair enough. Like if I'm not going to win this argument, we can move on to someone else. Like I just, I, I don't see Marner in the top six. And therefore, I don't know if I see him. Like, I don't know. I just. Don't know where I see him after that. Okay, it's difficult. It's it's just weird. Maybe maybe it is a bias. I don't know, but I think it is. I think there's just guys <laughs> both that, ways. I think there's a bias both for ways. You for both sure. ways. Thinking that he's gonna play on the first line of Team Canada is absolutely fucking ridiculous. No, I think he will. I think he will. Okay. Do, do you guys think um, like the management group, so like Doug Armstrong and company? Do you think that they look at how? players like Mitch Marner and whoever have done in the past wearing the Maple Leaf, like whether it's World Juniors or in a past World Championship, do you think they look at that? Because all I can think about right now, talking about Marner, (laughs) is how I think the year that he was on Team Canada at the World Juniors, we finished like eighth or whatever it was in Finland, I think it was. I can't remember the year, but... um, Anyway, it just, it wasn't a good year for us. I don't know. I, I, I just, I wonder. Thinking, if they're thinking about that, Harp, then Mark Stone's on the first line. John Tavares is <laughs> yeah. for sure on this team. And Jordan Eberle. Yeah, Jordan Eberle. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Eberle's on this team too. Yeah. Okay, why don't, why don't we wrap up? He's packing his bag to come play defense. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we wrap up the forwards and just like give, it, give me your top. 12 and because I'm, I'm just interested in like who you think the top 12 players here are because like obviously they're going to take more but like who do you think plays yeah um well i do you guys want me to start with yeah. that go ahead okay cool um so yeah i would do mckinnon mcdavid and huberdo marshan crosby and bergeron then you would have point stone and stamkos and then Couturier, Marner and Ryan O'Reilly. And then my extra would be Mark Shifley on this team. So that would be my forward group. Okay. Interesting. Okay. 
case. Um, I don't know. I think I, I pretty much have the athletics roster here, except Sean Couturier is in and Mitch Marner is out. And I think that's my team. <laughs> okay. So you're taking Tavares over Marner? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That one for me depends on the year. Like Tavares, probably yeah. if you if you're if you're talking if we're talking about this before the Olympics, Tavares is probably leaking off, and Mark Shifley is in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I like I don't I don't have I don't have Tavares in my on this team at all. Yeah, you, but you took Stammer out there. You took yeah. Stammer, and yeah. that is something to consider too. Like the bigger ice surface. That's why I think like the like the youth will be so prominent on this team there's also there's also like players that you, you don't really think about but might be on this team just f- for different reasons like chris or that yeah or that and then like like you said chris kunitz i know they mentioned it in the athletic but um <laughs> maybe that's zach hyman because he's gonna be oh, playing with connor mcdavid and maybe <laughs> could zach you hyman well frick workhorse and he's going to be, if he's playing with McDavid, then there might be some chemistry there. And maybe that's the reason why they take him. The same reason as Chris Kunitz. Yeah. Maybe the, the tandem is just that good in Edmonton. They have to take him. Never know. That's why I'm saying there wow. is those like weird picks. Like Bo Horvat's such a leader and such a hard worker. And I think True. they do, do well on, a, on the bigger ice service. And like, I know it's just like a guy that kind of trickled into my mind when I'm starting to think about guys that I'd want to yeah. bring because they're, like competitors like yeah. logan couture as well yeah you want a team of winners so mm-hmm. so i think like, it, like there there's so many guys like it, it this is so tough i mean we're it, we're so lucky right like we have such a large pool of players to draw from and this is this is where it gets tricky when you're looking at those those spots in the bottom six and and who your extra forward is going to be yeah okay so the, here's my top 12. Um, whew, okay. And I'll, I'll say what I think the lines are, are going to be as well. Marner, McDavid, McKinnon. And I, I know you're rolling your eyes, but I think that works. Then probably Martian, Crosby, and probably Bergeron as well. Unless you want to mm-hmm. play Bergeron in like a 3C role. More of like a defensive, like kind of a shutdown role. Um, but yeah, and then probably like I, I really like the athletics projection. Like it's one of the better ones. So then probably keep that third line. So Barzell, Point, and Stone. And then the fourth line, like I think I, like Huberto is obviously there. Probably Couturier over Ryan O'Reilly. And then. Yeah, probably. You know what? Maybe Ryan O'Reilly and Couturier, and then no Tavares in yeah. the top twelve. I and I think like that's that's tough for me to say, but I think that's probably the best top twelve if the if the Olympics were to start right now, right? So, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's going to depend, right? Like who, like where they want guys to play, like who who's going to be you know playing the defensive minutes, who's going to be playing against. You know, Kane and, and Matthews against the Americans or whatever, right? So it it all depends. A, but an interesting line would be Barzell, Point, and Marner. Just all of the speed. Yeah. <laughs> Go score. 
Yeah. There are some really interesting line combinations. Like I, I also looking. wouldn't mind seeing Braden Point play on the first line with McKinnon and um, McDavid. Like that would be unreal. I wouldn't mind well, be, Sidney Crosby yeah. playing on that top line with McDavid. That would be cool. I don't think uh, I don't think Crosby goes anywhere without Marshan on this this lineup for some reason. That's become another dynamic duo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. And then Bergeron there to boot, right? So, mm-hmm. okay. Do you guys want to talk D? Yeah, let's. Uh, we've been on the forward group yeah. for a little bit here, so yeah, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about the blue line for uh, for this team. <sighs> this is where it gets tough. Yeah, this is much, where it gets really tough. tough. Yeah. Um, whew, okay, so the athletic has uh, Chikrin, Makar, Theodore, Petrangelo, Pelic. Ekblad, Riley, and Hamilton as their top eight or whatever. When our followers made this team last year, uh, listen to this decor instead. Oh boy. Doughty, Petro, Makar, Weber, Shabbat, Burns. That is way boy. worse, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's one way worse. There's one guy on that. It, that is retired for one <laughs> there are three guys there whose names i don't think will even be mentioned like dowdy well weber obviously because he's literally retired like he might not ever play again um and then dowdy and burns so th- i don't think those guys are gonna play but Ch- chad is taking tyson berry christopher <laughs> Latang, kale mccarr ducky hamilton theodore chikorin nurse and Uyghur because that's the top eight in scoring <laughs> You can't, I mean, listen, if that was the, were the types of arguments I made on this podcast, fair enough, you could say that, but I'm quite the opposite. I think we know the Marner points thing was just, you know, to explain that this guy was literally fourth in the league, but anyways, who, who we're talking okay. about, we're talking about D yes, we are. Who are your, who are your top six, uh, harp go, um, I mean, Theodore and, and Petrangelo, that makes sense as a pair from Vegas. Um, yeah, like uh, Theodore for me could win a Norris Trophy very soon. You'd have to go with Makar. Chikrin is an interesting one, but he he has really stepped up as the number one guy in Arizona and is one of the top young D in the NHL, so that would be good. And then obviously... The big right-handed defenseman in New Jersey now, Dougie Hamilton, he's a lock uh, on that back end. And then, like, I'm looking at the Sportsnet one here, guys, and so it's got Shabbat and Morgan Riley in there. So I would take those two out, take everyone else except um, put in guys like Chikrin, and I would throw in either an Aaron Ekblad or a Colton Pareko to, to round it out. And so, like, either one of those guys, they're, they're big and physical. And Casey mentioned another interesting name uh, there, and that's Mackenzie Weger. I wonder if he gets a look and, like, at least goes, has a really good tryout, and he's just a victim of numbers because he is a solid D, and I know that people did consider him um, – as an Norris Trophy candidate, but then there's uh, Pellick as well out yeah. of uh, uh, Long Island, and like you got to look at the best teams, right? And who are 
the best D, just like with yeah. the forward group and all that too. So anyway, but I just yeah, I, I said my top six there and just still haven't still haven't guys. heard the name that I was looking for. The name that's been left off of the athletic. Harper didn't mention him in in that. And it's Darnell Nurse. Why is Darnell Nurse not being included on this conversation? I think he's gonna be in the first pairing with Cal McCarr. You think so? <laughs> if you ask me. Yeah. And then uh Theodore and Petrangelo, Dougie Hamilton and Honestly, I'm not sure because of the whole right hand, left hand thing. But right. uh, I would say Aaron Eckblad, but he's uh, he's right handed. So that doesn't really work with Dougie Hamilton. So yeah. I guess Adam Pellick is slotted in there. So, yeah, uh, uh, Chickering, you know, definitely on the team. Maybe he's maybe he's the extra guy. Maybe has a blow up here this year and is slotted into the actual lineup. But for me, Darnell mm-hmm. Nurse is taking that spot. Yeah, yeah one Nurse of the. Played- He's one of the hardest working defensemen in the league, plays like 26 minutes a game for Edmonton, was up there and scoring last year with goals, like actually blew up uh, like personal record in, in every category, I believe, and um, for, in an 82 game span and had a great season. Yeah. And honestly, I think he's a leader. His his family's involved in Team Canada sports. I, I just I, I have a hard time not seeing or seeing him not seeing him in the roster. Yeah, totally, totally forgot about Darnell. So yeah, put him in, and then Chikrin either makes the team or not, and then if he does, he is your seventh defenseman. But yeah, I, I agree, Case Nurse in there too, and his paycheck now <laughs> certainly says that he's a top defenseman yeah. in the NHL. So whether you agree with that contract or not. But anyway, Chad, go ahead. You wanted to say something. Yeah, well, I I think the contract has made Darnell Nurse like underrated because I think so many people are have been looking at the contract and talking about it and thinking like, oh, he'll never live up to that. And like people forget that this guy is still really good. Whether he's nine and a half good, you can debate that. I mean, the NHL... We've we've known this for a while, and we've talked about it before. The NHL doesn't even really know how to how to pay defensemen properly because, like, what is their value other than points? Like, people don't really like GMs haven't really figured it out after all these years. So it's kind of up and down. So when you do see a big defenseman contract, everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. But in terms of like impact, he's a really good defenseman. So that's mm-hmm. that's a good point to bring up, Case. Um, if I'm if I'm looking at locks on this team, I think Makar is the obvious one. He's the best defenseman in the world, maybe. Like he's definitely top three. Um, so he's a lock on this team. I think Dougie Hamilton is probably a lock as well. I think he's a top ten defenseman yeah. in the NHL. Um, so that's two. I would also say Theodore is a lock. Um, that's three. And then after that, I really don't know. It'll depend on if like how many defensive pairings do they want who can score? How many defensive pairings do they want who can shut you down? Like it all depends, yeah. right? You know, that's something that I kind of want to talk about. First of all, Petrangelo probably a lock and and wasn't mentioned in the uh, captain conversation at the beginning of this podcast, but will be wearing an A on this team. Um yeah. But that's the thing is with this forward core, like why why do you really need all the scoring in the world on the back end, right? Like that exactly. kind of opens the door for some guys like um like Jake Muzzin comes to mind. Like wouldn't that be nice to have on your bottom pairing? Just yeah. bruiser, tough, like hard to play against, like or like 
maybe crazy, but like Ben Sherratt, like why wouldn't yeah. you want a guy like that on your team? That's just going to be uh, bullying the, the opposition. So it really oh, yeah. does open the door for kind of some, maybe some surprising names to make the team on the back end because we really don't need the scoring. Yeah. And, and that's like a guy like Pellick, right? Like that guy could just shut it down when he needs to. So that's, that's a guy who I think totally fits. And even Ekblad too, like he's a really good, like really solid two-way defenseman and he can shut it down. He can beat you up as well. So you kind of need a bit of that. I just wonder like how that, that enforcer defenseman style game translates to the Olympic ice. Like it's been so long since we've seen like NHL players in the Olympics. Like I kind of forget what it feels like to, to be on the bigger ice and to see these guys play. So that'll be something to consider as well. But if I were to pick a top six, who I think will play, and you're right, Case, I think Petro is also a lock. So I would say, and this isn't pairings, this is just me giving you my my top six. So whether they're right or left-handed, I don't know, it doesn't really matter. But I would say Makar, Theodore, Petro, Hamilton, Nurse, and then probably Pellick. And then for like a seventh, I think I would take like Morgan Riley has been on a lot of lists, but I think I would take Muzzin over Riley on a team like this, because like we've talked about, like you've got the offense. Morgan Riley is a bit one dimensional in that way. So like a guy like Muzzin can play both ways. He's the best defenseman on on Toronto. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. So here's my kind of my example of why that makes sense, Chad, is look at the 2014 roster. Two names jump out uh, to me, and that's Dan Hamuse and uh, Mark Edward Vlasic. Um, Both not known for putting the puck in the net, but definitely known for shutting the opposition down. So that's that's my example of like why you can get some maybe surprising guys. Vlasic, I'm not going to say surprising, but you just don't think of them back then when you have all these like scoring studs uh, that are available for Canada. But he, he was in my mind for the longest time, the best defensive defenseman in the league. So yeah, yeah, you got to take a guy like that on, on these teams. Was that another one? Like did Vlasic play with Burns? Do you think that was also like another reason why he was there? Did they play? Burns wasn't wasn't on the team. Really? eh? Interesting. Even in 2014, I'm surprised. It was, Keith, Hamuse, Weber, Doughty, Bowmeister, uh, Petrangelo, Vlasic, and Subban. Wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. Jay Bowmeister. There's another interesting one from that team as well. I want to ask you guys about a D that I've seen on some lists, either cracking like the, uh, the blue line um, as like a bottom pair D or as an extra, and that's Bowen Byram. For you guys, is he is he left off your uh, your list of blue liners on this team? I I think he is. I, I think at this point, like we all know, Bowen Byram is going to be a, a great defenseman. But I think there are just other more developed options to choose from. Like you're not building this team as a franchise to let players develop, right? Like you're picking the best available player, and I think yeah. you also lean towards experience as well. So. And and trust me, this is sort of like against a lot of people's philosophy when building an NHL team. You don't want to lean too much into experience and ignore, you know, possible other factors. But I think for an Olympic team, you're playing in one tournament. You lean towards experience. You go with the guys who have been there before. So, like, personally, I would take even 
like a guy like Morgan Riley over Bowen Byram, even though I said that I don't even have Riley in like my top like eight or nine. Just, no, just for neither. just for the experience, just for you know, a guy who's been mm-hmm. been there, done that, probably better right now. So yeah. So for it, sure, in, in that same conversation, um, first of all, to answer the question, Bowen Byram, I don't think he's on this team. No. Uh, might be you might be living in the uh, World Juniors era still there, Harp, but uh, <laughs> definitely four years from now we'll see him on the team. I think. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Chris Letang, does he make, does he get a nod? Does he make this team? Last year he had 45 points in 55 games. He's been on this team multiple times. He's uh one of those kind of leader characters as well as, you know, plays with Sidney Crosby. So there's a, a lot of reasons to bring him onto this team. Yeah. That's true. I think the same argument could be made for Letang as some of the other defensemen we've made arguments for, where they might be a little bit more one-dimensional than some of the other guys. So I know Latang can kind of do it both, but he is known for for putting up points. He's a great fantasy defenseman. Um, I just don't know if he gets the nod to be the offensive defenseman on this team over guys like I don't even know, like maybe Chikrin. Like I've seen Chikrin on a lot. So yeah, yeah that it's, is an interesting one though yeah. for sure. Yeah, it is. No, it, definitely someone to consider. Like that, you know, veteran presence, leadership. And all that. And as we mentioned, like with all the firepower up front, you really don't need a bunch of talented goal scoring defensemen on on the back end, you know, like, yeah, although it would be fun to see, uh, let's say, a Samuel Girard, Kale McCarr pairing that uh, would just, you know, fly all over the ice. But anyway, not, you know, but I don't think Samuel Girard, someone that we haven't talked about, will will even crack the squad but yeah, yeah it just like we've said so much firepower up front that they could really they could really go with whatever they want on the back end either shut down or a bit of scoring here and there and whatever they want to go with this is a monumental task picking this team because oh. you could really like lean into any identity that you want like do you want to be the young, fast, like high octane scoring team, or do you want to be the team that's nasty to play against? Like on the back end, I'm talking, do you want a mix of both? Like, I think they probably will, but like uh, developing the identity of this team is such a difficult thing to do. And it'll depend on training camp and how players play. And it'll depend on so many things, but it's fun to talk about, obviously. Right. Because we don't know, but one guy, and we did mention him in passing for on D who I was kind of like, you know, I've heard a lot of arguments for why he should be included, but, uh, that's a guy like Thomas Shabbat. We did mention him in passing and I could really see it because again, thinking about the Olympic ice style, you're going to need guys who can a log minutes. Who does that better than Shabbat B just be great fluent skaters and again who does that better than shabbat not many people so that's another guy like sneaky he could be up there and Mm -hmm. if he makes the team like i think he's one of those guys who um will play a big role that like that's the thing there's only a a certain amount of roles so you might Mm -hmm. be the sixth best defenseman you know and that's all relative on what you're arguing can you know is is best but you might be the sixth sixth best defenseman but if you didn't if you don't fit the role that they want you to play then you're not going to make the team so yeah yeah 
Yeah, well, I would have to say that he was probably the second best skater on the back end if you put him on the team. So yeah, mm-hmm. who's first, Makar? Cam Cam Makar. Yeah. Oh, Makar for sure. I I saw a video on Instagram and it was just I think like Colorado was playing Minnesota one night and the way that he was able to like corral the puck at the blue line, skate over to the one side and then get the guy to bite going around the other way and then just like sniped at top shelf. I mean, oh yeah, like I agree with you, Chad. I think he's he's got to be the number one lock on this back end, which is saying something with how young he is. Like you could yeah. take a lot of young D here. It's just there's so many of them. Yeah. And th- this is unrelated actually, but since we're talking about like skating ability and stuff, did you guys see uh, the 16-year-old 2023 projected first overall pick, Matvey Michkov, has played in two KHL games. He scored his first goal in his second game played. He finished the night 2-1, two, two goals and an assist. The kid is 16, youngest kid to ever play in the KHL, and he's played two games, he has three points. Like, what a... It's a joke. Like, and I watched his goals and that's what it is. Like, that's what made me think about it. It's a skating. Like this yeah. kid just, just winds his way through teams. Like it's ridiculous. Him and like, I mean, we've talked about it so much this, these next couple drafts, but man, th- this kid is breaking records and it is going to be fun to see what he does. Is he going to be on uh, Russia's Olympic team? <laughs> At this rate? <laughs> like literally maybe. Yeah. Like yeah. literally maybe. Like the kid so he'll be 17. So like probably not. Like almost definitely not as a 17-year-old, but he's that good. Like the kid is yeah, really good. I think he's better than uh maybe Kamenev or Shipachov or yeah, Mikhail butchering all these names. Like all mm-hmm. all of these the the team falls off quick, Russia. Like their back end too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, a lot of teams do, right? Like, not not every team is as fortunate as uh, as we are over here in Canada. But that's yeah. right. Um, all right. Well, why don't uh, what do you say we get to the goaltenders? Sure. Okay. Um, and guys, like, really, is it fair to say that like this is really the the one and only concern about this team next year is in net? Would that I'm be not fair to say about it? I, I know that there has been concern. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what people are talking about. But I don't know how you can be concerned when you know you have the Vesna winning goalie as like a maybe on this team. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's kind of hard for me. I think you know, Carey Price shown that he can still do it. Marc Andre Fleury, Vesna winning goalie, and then you've got a couple of youngsters that have you know the opportunity to uh to crack into the roster too and this one's the hardest one to talk about because it's it's such a uh a form you need to be in form to be selected as a goalie and it's not like mm-hmm. oh these guys are the best guys well darcy kemper is having a sick year yeah he's having a sick year then you take him like you take the hottest goalie, you take the goalie right. in the best form and that's what uh it's going to come down to here and that's why you know i have a hard time answering like right now i know that carrie price and flurry are already on my team now but i don't know how the season's gonna go and that's yeah. the same for like who do you take mackenzie blackwood or carter hart well that depends on who's having the hotter season who's playing better yeah mm-hmm. i wouldn't say goaltending is a concern i think it's just a little bit odd um for once that we don't that, that we can't point to a guy and definitively say 
he's going to be the starter. Like in in Olympics past, right? Like in 2014, it was Carey Price, and it no one else was even considered to be the starter. Luongo, Luongo. Yeah, and before that, in 2010, it was well Broder. And then yeah. he faltered and then it was Luongo. But it, it's like you could point to a guy, right? But now you kind of like we haven't been able to. But I think we're still in good shape because, like you said, we do have Carey Price. And isn't it so funny that like a year ago, like personally, I would not have had him on my team because he's had like three lackluster seasons in a row. But then playoffs, he's just like you see that he can be so, so good. So. Yeah, I think yeah. his name is definitely at the top of the list now. Mark Andre Fleury, another guy, and he's made Olympic teams like going even back to to twenty ten. I think he was the third behind Broder and and Luongo. Maybe check me on that, but I think he was the third. So he's been there, done that, and he just he's coming off a of Vesna caliber season. So um, yeah, I think you definitely have to have him. Um, Fesna winning 20, season actually in 2014 the goalies and uh, there's one here that we might have to talk about because he just signed a two year contract uh, Robert uh, Roberto Luongo Carey Price and Mike Smith was the team in in 2014 yeah are we going to invite Mike Smith no no chance <laughs> <laughs> although you know what Smith actually had a really good season last year and then they he signed did. him to that to that deal and it's it's not going to be good. Like, I can't believe the Oilers are bringing back the same tandem as last year. It's brutal. How old's Mike Smith? 39? I think so. I think he, er, yeah, I think he's 30, 39. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, he's 39. He, he did have a really good season, but I, there, there's no way he's the third goaltender on this team or even gets an invite. I don't I, I was just I was just teasing there because, oh, because no, he was there in 2014. I don't know. But but it's, Price played in 2014, right, Case? Like I don't I think I think he did. Like I'd have to I if my memory is correct, because I know Luongo won in twenty ten. Twenty eighteen we didn't have NHL players. I think Price played in twenty fourteen. I think it was his net. If I'm remembering correctly, like maybe I'm not. It's it has been a while, but yeah, no kidding. It like it's so it's so interesting looking back and like comparing to other rosters, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. it just just shows how much the game is changing, how the youth movement has taken over. Obviously, it's a young man's game and and all of that. Case you mentioned Darcy Kemper. That's an interesting name. That is a guy who I could see being the number three goalie on this team. He yeah. is going to be the number one guy in, uh, in the net on a very good team, possibly a Stanley Cup winning team this season in Colorado, and uh, has put up unbelievable numbers the past couple of seasons while dealing with injuries, of course, uh, and won a gold medal with Team Canada at the World Championships that just passed. So. He is a guy that is very interesting to me. And honestly, who I didn't think of right away when talking about the goaltenders. But uh, if if he is the number three goalie on this team, I would not be shocked. Same. If they aren't taking a young younger goalie as their number three, then I think Kemper is the guy. Um, 
great year last year. He's familiar because he won the gold medal with the world championship. And think about how great his numbers are going to be going into the Olympic period playing yeah. for Colorado. Like, of for course, sure. the guy's going to be feeling hot. So I think you take the hot hand and he might be your third goal. Yeah. In the end, he, he yep. could very well be your starter. Like it all depends, like who's playing well. Like maybe Flurry has a shit year in Chicago, and like Montreal is not going to make the playoffs. So what if Carey Price has like a <laughs> like a nine hundred, like he did the last three seasons? Like maybe like Kemper could honestly be your starter. And another guy we haven't even talked about is uh, Jordan Bennington. Like I yeah. think I think Bennington probably gets invited as well. Like I know St. Louis, like they've kind of taken a few steps back since winning the cup in 2019. But I mean, he's still a hell of a goalie. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of options here. There really are. But and don't forget the guy running the show upstairs is uh, Doug, uh, Doug Armstrong out of St. Louis. So that's right. Um, I don't know. Like we. we we could see a few St. Louis Blues on this team. What do you get? Like, I, I wanted to ask you about that, too. I know it's a little bit off topic because we're talking about the goalies, but, like, how many St. Louis Blues do you think are on this roster with Dougie Armstrong running the show? Well, well Ryan O'Reilly, and then you got Petrangelo, who is a Vegas player now, but yeah. uh, in my mind, a St. Louis guy. And then, maybe, like you said, Colton Pareko, Harp. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see Pareko. I think, like, I don't know. I I keep going back to, like, the bigger ice, but I think he's just a – he's less mobile now than he used to be, like, especially after all of his, his back troubles. So I don't see Pareko make the team, but Ryan O'Reilly for mm-hmm. sure, I think, and then maybe Bennington. Like, it all depends on who's hot when we're talking about goalies, right? So it's it's probably the, the hardest one to, to predict, but I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Um, Definitely. What what I wanted to say, sort of, as we wrap up here, is uh, two things. First of all, I am really excited to get an Olympic jersey. So I I don't have a Team Canada jersey, and I've been thinking about getting one like every year when the uh, when the World Juniors roll around. But now that NHL players are in the Olympics um, in 2022, I'm going to be getting, I'll get a Mitch Marner Jersey or some, or something like maybe a Carey price (laughs) Jersey. If he's their starter, like who knows, like I'll get something nice. And then second point, and I'm, well, I'm excited to see like what they do differently as well. Like the Olympic jerseys are always so nice. Um, and then secondly, like speaking of jerseys, I'm also going to get a Danbury trashers Jersey. Did you guys see that, that, uh, documentary on Netflix? you gotta watch it you guys would love it it's the real life tony soprano who buys a hockey team for his kid 17 years old and he runs a team as a 17 year old and he just signs like these dusters who just go and (laughs) beat the shit out of the other team and like it's all mafia money that's like doing it and it is the coolest thing ever so i'm gonna get one of those jerseys for sure just because but you guys got to watch that i just wanted to make sure i brought it up so you guys could watch it Jeez, yeah sounds sounds about right yeah uh yeah how it would go with tony soprano and all that yeah have to check it out for sure um so yeah guys like who for goaltenders who do you guys have like case you mentioned price and flurry like who would be your number three guy would you go with blackwood um well, I'd go with Kemper, but I hope that they pick Blackwood. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to answer that question, I, I'd like, mm-hmm. you know, him to be the goalie of the future for them. So uh, to get the experience would be huge. And I mean, do you need three goalies on Canada? Like it's. Yeah, I don't know. He's going to be doing a lot of watching to answer your question. <laughs> Chad uh, Price played five games in 2014 and Bobby Lou played one game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I looked it up. I just typed in the 2014 Olympic gold and I saw Price like throwing his gloves up and I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm probably taking Darcy Kemper just for all the reasons I mentioned earlier, like to the fact that he's going to be playing hot in Colorado and he's mm-hmm. familiar and he's had a couple good seasons now. So you kind of can trust that he's consistently solid goalie, not just kind of a streaky guy like Jordan Bangington. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that he's my guy. Um, unless Mackenzie Blackwood is having a sick season with the Devils next year, and then then I'm taking who him. Will, who will be better, I think. And so Blackwood's numbers and record could be just spectacular uh, at the right time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah, I, I I'm with you, Case. I think Flurry and Price, and then I'm taking Kemper as my number three. Chad, what about you? And then we'll wrap this. Uh, we'll wrap this up. Same thing. Let's wrap it up. I'm taking the same three guys. I think right now they're the probably the three best candidates. Cool. But like I said, like to pick this position is going to be the toughest one because we don't know who's going to be playing well at the time. Like goalies are yep. voodoo. We've been over this. Like it doesn't matter <laughs> if you have a really good season one year, like the next year you might be a totally different goalie. And, and Carter Hart is a guy who like we've barely even mentioned because he had a terrible yeah, year last year, but like that's one of the best young goalie, like the one of the best young goalies in the NHL. So mm-hmm. that's someone that we really have to consider as well. So those are my three, yep. like the, you know, uh, number one price, number two, flurry, number three, uh, Kemper, but like I said, could be a number of guys. We'll just have to see. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, again, just great news this week from the NHL and, and the IOC being able to finally come to an agreement and uh, great, uh, great to see that NHL players will be able to go uh, to the 2022 Beijing Olympics. Looking forward to seeing what those Canadian jerseys are going to look like, like you said, Chad. And so, yeah, looking forward to all of that. If you have any thoughts on what this potential Canadian roster should look like next year at the Olympics, uh, please let us know. You can hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. And again, if you haven't yet, uh, check out the Road to the Pepsi Cup uh, YouTube video. Uh, It was really, really well done. So uh, make sure you check that out if you haven't done so already. Thanks for listening to episode 97. Always a pleasure. Great to be back at it with you guys. And we will talk to you listeners next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.